It is Unleashed Barrier Sports Talk with me, John Lund, from KMBR 680 in San Francisco. Thank you so much for joining us. It is the Locked On Radio Network, and it is Monday Night Football. Can the 49ers' regular season dominance continue over the Rams? Shanahan versus McVay. Head-to-head, it's dominance for Kyle, but overall, it's a one-sided affair. What I learned on a rare occasion, I was able to sit around and watch football all day Sunday, the NFL in two minutes or more, and one for the road. Lip reading. Really? Let's go. What's happening? Thanks for joining us. It is Unleashed, Barry's Sports Talk with me, John Lund. Please listen, subscribe, tell your friends. Interact at John Lund Radio. My radio show, as I told you, weekdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa, KNBR in the San Francisco Bay Area and KNBR.com. Tonight, I'll be doing your pre-half and post on the 49ers Radio Network, as I always do. The YouTube channel's on the way. And a ton to get to. We'll uh, Later on in the week, we'll get to more with the uh, Giants and the Warriors playing in Japan and all those kind of things, but I uh, want to focus today on uh, 49ers sitting around watching the NFL, which I rarely get a chance to do, so uh, that'll be fun to get to. So let's get to all of it. Let's start with the 49ers, talk the coaching. It is Monday, October 3rd, and here's your leadoff spot. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, you know, really, he's had a huge influence on the way that I see the game. And and Kyle is uh, another added name to a really good guest list, but uh, he's special. I appreciate you taking the time, Kyle. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it, man. You're already looking too much media to me, but you look way comfortable with your headset, your microphone. I can't believe your hair is still perfect with that headset on. I it don't looks know how you, good. You got to blow dry that. I, I do use probably too much gel, but you know what? Consistency is the truest measurement of performance, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see Bill Belichick doing that with John Harbaugh, uh, old school coaches. I don't see Bill Walsh and Tom Landry doing that, but that is the modern age of coach. That is Kyle Shanahan, and he was on the uh, – Sean McVay podcast, I guess, uh, in the offseason, and they've worked together, and it's all well chronicled. And, you know, because we have an extra day to to look at all this stuff, I was thinking about looking at the coaches because both these guys started with their respective teams in 2017. Both are highly thought of. Both come from, obviously, the Mike Shanahan tree and run similar style of offenses. And head-to-head, Kyle is 6-0 and in the last six in the regular season. Sean McVay obviously has the big one in winning the NFC Championship game. Overall, record-wise, Sean McVay, 57-27. and That's a 629 winning percentage. And Kyle is 40-44. and And people scratch their head when they hear that because Kyle would have a job, you know, if the, if the, not that they're going to, but if the 49ers became frustrated and fired Kyle, he'd have a job before he hung up the phone from Jed York of being fired. So what's been the difference? I don't know why I started to go down this rabbit hole, but I did. In 2017, Sean McVay took over the Rams. They were the worst scoring offense in the league under Jeff Fisher at 14 points per game. And in one season, Sean McVay took them up to 29.9 points per game first in one season. Now, Sean McVay was different with the Rams because as much as they grew tired of Jared Goff, the first year that he was in Sean McVay's system, Goff had 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and over a 100 rating. Todd Gurley was at the top of his game at 23. They had gotten Aaron Donald in 2014, Gurley in the first round of 2015, Goff at the top of 2016, and added nice pieces in Tyler Higbee, Cooper Cup, 
uh, Samson Ebukam, who now, of course, is with the 49ers, and they topped it all off with getting Matt Stafford last year, beat the 49ers to the punch. We'll get into that in a second. It's interesting. The 49ers, obviously, a slower road. It started with guys like Brian Hoyer at quarterback and Blaine Gabbert. Uh, this is just right after the Colin Kaepernick era uh, ended. They just didn't have the talent the Rams did. The Rams essentially had a bad coaching staff previously. It's kind of like what happened with Jim Harbaugh when he came to the 49ers. The talent was there. They just didn't know what to do with it. The Rams, the talent was there. Jeff Fisher was at the end of his run, just didn't know what to do with it. Sean McVay took it and ran. He's uh, The worst season he's had is 9-7. and seven. Kyle, on the other hand, has had some rough years. He's had some injuries. Obviously lost Jimmy Garoppolo three games in against Kansas City. That's kind of been the, the difference in the whole thing. If you look at as far as drafts are concerned, I just told you about what the Rams have done. We know what the 49ers have done. Not only, not only great in the – not always great in the first round. Now, they did get Nick Bosa. That was kind of a no-brainer. But in the mid-rounds, getting guys like George Kittle and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner in the third round and the type of guys, Debo in the second round. Both teams have drafted really well. Both have made really smart trades. I mean, the Rams got Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford. That was the topper. 49ers got Trent Williams and Jimmy G. No matter what you thought, think of Jimmy, he's certainly worth a second-round pick. What it's ultimately going to come down to is Trey Lance from Matt Stafford. We'll get into that in a second. The other big difference as you start looking at these two wonderkind uh, coaches, the NFC West, since they both arrived. Kyle Shanahan, for some reason, owns the Rams at 7-3. and three but can't beat Seattle. He's 3-8 and eight versus Seattle all-time, and he's 3-7 and seven versus Arizona. That's a 13-18 and 18 mark in the NFC West. Sean McVay, on the other hand, 3-7 and seven versus the 49ers, struggles, but dominates Seattle at 7-3 and three and absolutely crushes Arizona. He's 10-1 career against Arizona's Rams head coach. That's 20-11. and 11. Now let me get to the part about Trey Lance versus Matthew Stafford. The 49ers never had a chance for Stafford. They would have liked to have gotten him and they probably according to some would have given up more than what the Lions ultimately got but it came down to a trip to Cancun which by the way Kyle goes to all the time Sean McVay happened to meet Matthew Stafford he wanted to go to LA who can blame him he's been playing in Detroit all those years I worked in Detroit it's not fun the organization doesn't win no matter what they do and Matthew Stafford anybody who knows anything about the league knew about his arm talent knew that he was good it was just he was stuck with the Lions Goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl, the rest is history. There's a piece in The Athletic today, a friend of the show, Mike Sando, who's been covering the Seahawks forever. He does a column that I think you should check out. It's called Pick 6. And what he talks about in the Pick 6 column today is talking to executives around the league, should they have taken the chance on Trey Lance? He comps it to Matt Stafford, which you can't. Stafford made 40-something starts at Georgia, has made a ton in the NFL. I think, it's, I think he's up to about 260 starts total between college and pro. Trey Lance, we know, 19 starts in college. We've gone over those things. And so some executives question whether the 49ers made a prudent move. Now, I use this term all the time. We live in a microwave society, and everybody wants a gourmet meal out of a microwave. And Trey Lance needs longer. Trey Lance is a Trey Lance is like Thanksgiving dinner. It takes a long time to cook the turkey, whatever it is. He's a he's a he's a pork butt on the on the smoker. You know, it's not even a Thanksgiving dinner. A Thanksgiving dinner is actually not that bad. It's it's so easy. I don't know why everybody – my mom goes crazy on Thanksgiving. Anyway, that's a totally different story. Uh, yeah, it's like a pork butt on the smoker. This thing might take, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 hours. It's just like if you want a burger, go to McDonald's. That's what Stafford was. He was already ready. Like He's, he's done. He's DoorDash. It's, it's going to take Trey Lance some time, and so everyone wants to already come to a conclusion. 
He's essentially saying that the 49ers were really close with Jimmy Garoppolo, according to these executives. They went to a Super Bowl. They went to an NFC Championship game. Why did you need to upgrade? There are exceptions to the rule, and as you well know, I'm sure that you are versed in who wins Super Bowls. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Montana, Steve Young. Go down the line. 90% of the time in the NFL, a team wins a Super Bowl who has an elite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just, just go down the line. You have to be perfect in every other area to win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. It's proven through the years. And so they looked at Jimmy Garoppolo, and they said this when it happened. There's an injury history that people forget about. There's an ineffectiveness at times. We saw it in Denver. There's an inability, although early in his career he did this a lot and seems to do it a lot less lately. Engineering drives to come back being a reason why the 49ers have, run, have won games. We can count on one hand how many times it's happened, especially recently. New Orleans in 2019 at Arizona in 2019 is becoming less and less frequent. Teams are figuring Jimmy Garoppolo out or already have, actually. Look at Denver. They just put in the same tape they always did. Can't throw behind, can't throw be, can only throw between the numbers, can't throw deep. Stack the line. That's the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan got sick of it, plus he got injured. And the elite win Super Bowl. So the 49ers swung for the fences for the elite. We don't know the answer. I guess that's the part that's frustrating to me is that after three years and just a couple of starts, and everybody knew that he had to sit coming out of North Dakota State, and now he gets hurt, and now he can't defend himself. And what we've seen so far, yeah, he's not ready. But I've said this a mil- it feels like a million times on the show. Josh Allen wasn't ready. There's a number of guys who aren't ready. I mean, look at what Geno Smith is doing in Seattle. He arguably, outside of the 49ers game, is the best quarterback in the league. Sometimes it takes time. Rich Gannon going down the line to figure this game out takes time. The reason Tom Brady can't even play right now and was absolutely great on Sunday night is because he knows where everybody is going, and if his body doesn't completely fail him, his mind is the best in the game. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning's body just gave out. Steve Young's body just gave out. But these guys from an elite level can process the game. And Trey Lance can't process the game. Matthew Stafford wasn't Matthew Stafford. It took him years to do it. So it's a it's a position that takes years to master, and yet because some guys come in the league and do it very quickly, Patrick Mahomes, and it was an unfair comp from the beginning. Well, he's going to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo the way that Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith, and he's going to be elite right away. Well, Patrick Mahomes had nearly 40 starts at Texas Tech. It wasn't the same, but we want it to fit into this convenient box. Anyway, I went from talking about the coaches to go on in a bit of an unplanned tangent on the quarterback position. That has nothing to do with tonight. It's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo versus Matthew Stafford. Next. Garoppolo protected in traffic. It's intercepted. Jonas Griffith on the deflection. That, of course, is the uh, Denver game last week, and the 49ers lost at 11-10. And I'm not here to talk more about the quarterback situation, but one thing to watch tonight in the Monday Night Football game, since we analyzed it over and over and over and backwards and forwards and upside down, I just started looking at some numbers. And turnovers are the number. There are two things that you can look at tonight without even looking at the scoreboard. Turnovers in NFL history, if you are plus one, you win 70% of the time. In turnovers, if you're plus two, you win 83% of the time. And if you are plus three or more, you win 90% of the time. Uh, Kyle Shanahan in his career, impress your friends with this, Kyle Shanahan in his career, if he wins the turnover battle, he's 18 and six. So he wins 75% of the time. He's 40 and 44 career. Uh, He's 22 and 38 when he's equal or minus on turnovers. 
So it's very simple. Look at this year. Week one, minus one to Chicago, loss. Week two, plus two against Seattle, win. Uh, week three, minus three against Denver, loss. It's real simple. Uh, Kyle Shannon is also 19-9 and nine when 49ers quarterbacks don't throw an interception. That's 68% of the time he wins, which means they're 21-35 and 35 when they throw an interception. That's 375. And as far as more mistakes are concerned, in 2021, the Rams, for example, for tonight's game, penalty-wise, in 2021, the Rams had the fewest penalty yards in the league. The 49ers were 29th at six per game. Uh, in 2020, the 49ers, 15th in penalties. The year they went to the Super Bowl, they had come all the way down to six penalties per game, which is top 10. I, you can live with that. In 2018, they weren't good, 26th in penalties. 2017, his first year, they were 24th. In Kyle Shanahan's career, the 49ers average have being 22nd in most penalties per game. So if you combine the turnovers and put in the penalties, that's how the 49ers lose games. So if you play a clean game, you win football games. That may seem pretty elementary, but when it comes to the 49ers, that's what it's been. Penalties and mistakes, lost the Bears game. Clean game, plus three and turnovers against Seattle, you win that game. Penalties and mistakes against Denver, you lose that game. In most games that the 49ers will play this year, they will have the talent edge. Now, I know there are a lot of injuries right now. I know Trent Williams is a no-go. Eric Armstead is a game-time decision. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, we can go down the line. Trey Lance, Jimmy Ward. Uh, it, even right now with those kind of injuries, they're not as talented maybe as the Rams who are healthier than the 49ers. But if you just go across the board and you say you have reasonable health, the 49ers in most games this year will have the talent advantage. But the most talented team doesn't always win because – they make mistakes. Well, through the first three games, two of the three losses, or two of the three games, which they lost, mistakes and penalties. It goes down to that. If they can play a clean game against the Rams, they can win. And now, as far as the offense versus the defense, I think that Kyle is going to get this fixed because he's what? An offensive guy. So right now, the offense is averaging 15.7 points per game, which has got to embarrass the hell out of Kyle. They're 28th in points per game. To put that in perspective, last year they averaged 24, which was 15th, in 2020, 23 and a half. And in the Super Bowl year, they averaged 29.6 points per game. That was third overall in football and first in the NFC. So with this defense, which I'll tell you about in a second, let's say they averaged 21 points per game. Let's go back to, I don't know, 2020, they averaged 23 a game, which was 21st. If you give this defense that, the 49ers will probably lose one or two more games tops. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Think about, look, look at this defensively. 37 points per game or excuse me, 37 points allowed in three games, which is 13.3 points per game. So after Sunday's games, they have the number one scoring defense in all the NFL. Buffalo in four games has given up 58 points. That's 14.5. So they're at 13.3. They could allow 20 or less tonight against the Rams, and they'd still maintain the lowest points per game in the league at 14.4. And right now, defensively, they are so good. I don't know if they give away a triple crown, in defense, like they do in baseball, they don't. But 227 yards per game is the fewest in the NFL. 148 passing yards per game, fewest in the NFL. And 78 rushing yards per game, fewest in the NFL. And I already told you defensively, 13.3 points per game. The defense is getting it done for the 49ers at an extremely high level. This is like elite. Bears 85, Ravens in 2000, Giants in the 80s. This is an elite. Now, we're only three games in. I get it. But you can only do it through what you have, the information that you have. Through three games, it's an elite defense. The Rams will pose, obviously, 
a much stiffer challenge than what they've seen from the Bears, the Seahawks, and the Broncos in the first three games. None of those offenses are really above average. The Rams are far above average, but right now they have the trifecta in yards, and they're only giving up 13.3 points per game. If the offense could get it going at any level, and because of Kyle Shanahan, they will, despite injuries, let's say they average 20 points per game, they'll probably win 90% of their games the rest of the way. Next. Hurts on fourth and goal. He's going to run for it. Hurts. Football is loose. What's the call here? Now they say touchdown. The officials say that Hurts broke the plane before it came loose. I don't often get to sit around on Sunday and, and watch football. I'm not complaining. Uh, the 49ers are usually playing. I get down to the stadium for, say, a 1 o'clock start at Levi Stadium. I get there probably 8 a.m. We go on the air at 9 a.m. for pregame today. I'll get down to the stadium. I'll do my uh, KNBR show, and I'll start at 10 a.m. from the radio booth. We do pregame starting at 2. I go straight into that, then a postgame show right after that. So during a regular Sunday, I'll obviously watch the games, keep an eye out, have a glance. People look at me weird. I've got a couple of iPads going, plus the games in front of me. So I'll watch Red Zone Channel because I know I have a show on Monday to prepare for. But it was nice to just be able to lay on the couch and watch football and, and, and observe and learn and, and take it all in. Uh, the first thing I learned, you just heard that was Jalen Hurts for a touchdown against Jacksonville. It was a rainy, nasty day, so you couldn't see everything that Philly could do. But Jalen Hurts was just okay. I mean, you heard a touchdown run there, but it was rainy, so I'll give him a pass as far as the throwing. The Eagles lead the NFL in sacks with 16, plus five on takeaways for the year, and they ran for 210 yards against Jacksonville in the rain. So if I learned one thing, uh, that it's Philadelphia, I think, is a legit 4-0. Uh, they're going to win the NFC East if they don't have injuries, and I think they're going to be a major problem in the uh, NFC. Now, I don't know who the best team in the – or the second-best team in the NFC is. I was trying to observe that. Aaron Rodgers was four and – was Aaron Rodgers was four for 11 with a pick six in the first half versus New England, and Green Bay needed overtime to beat a Patriots team that will be hovering around 500. They're right now they're at one and three. They use a third-string quarterback most of the game. Uh, Dallas is, is staying head above water. This is huge, and this is what a backup quarterback is supposed to do. Cooper Rush wasn't anything special, but he's 3-0 this season and 4-0 as a starter. Uh, he threw two touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, that's what you need. They harassed Carson Wentz all day long. I still don't get it with Carson Wentz. He was an MVP candidate, and then it's just unbelievable. Uh, the Lions were a chic pick in the NFC. They're now 1-3. Geno cooked for 48 points for the Seahawks. If you throw out the 49ers game, Geno Smith, I know, I said Geno Smith, might be having the best season of any quarterback in the NFC. Uh, don't sleep on Atlanta, I learned, in a couple of weeks. They beat Cleveland on the road and ran for over 200 yards. And maybe the second-best team in the NFC is Minnesota. Now, if you didn't get up early, I love this. I don't know about you. And I have covered the game in, in London before, the Raiders and uh, Dolphins back in, like, 2014. Uh, if you didn't get up early, Minnesota got a field goal to beat New Orleans on the heels of a comeback win against the Lions, and they beat Green Bay 23-7 on opening weekend. So maybe it's Minnesota. But I'd say like this, NFC to me, Eagles, then a gap, then the Rams if they beat the 49ers tonight, Vikings, 49ers, Packers probably. Um, you may be screaming and yelling, whoa, 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 whoa the 49ers, why would you put them fourth? They don't have an offense right now. Back up on the podcast, they average 15.7 points per game. That's an embarrassment to Kyle Shanahan. Defensively, they have the potential, as I said to you a few minutes ago, to be one of the elite, elite defenses. And I know that people, it's way too early to say this, but based on three games, and we'll see, now they're playing a real offense in the Rams. 
But based on the first few games, they have the fewest yards, fewest rush yards, fewest pass yards, and give up about 13 points per game. That's elite of the elite. So if Kyle Shanahan can do what Kyle Shanahan does, and that's figure out the team offensively, then the 49ers will move up. But for right now, that's where the 49ers are in the NFC. It's the Eagles, and then I think it's the Rams. They deserve the benefit of the doubt because they're a Super Bowl winner. And then I just don't know. Packers, Vikings, I just I have no idea in the NFC. And I sat around all day and tried to watch and evaluate these things. The Buccaneers lost on Sunday Night Football to Mahomes. There's no shame in that. I think Kansas City really had this one circled, you could tell. I, I still don't know what to make of Brady at 45. He's absolutely amazing. Did get his bell rung once on a blitz from the corner, uh, but he kept him in it the whole whole game. They were down 28-17 and tried to fight back in the second half, and I think that was the big deal there. So, anyway, cool sitting around watching football all day. That's what I think the NFC looks like. Let's do the whole thing, though. It is time for the two-minute drill. I used to call this the NFL in 90 seconds or more. I was never doing it in 90 seconds. So, we'll do like two minutes or more, but let's recap week four. All right, let's start with the night game Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago. Mahomes versus Brady, and it wasn't close early. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need Tyreek Hill. Kansas City threw it 37 times, ran it 37 times. That's what you're supposed to do. The Bucks threw it 52 times. Tom Brady's arm's going to hurt today and only rushed it six times for three yards. 41-31 Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes with another crazy one. From the two, Mahomes escaping on the move. Mahomes stops, spins, flips it forward for the touchdown to Edwards Hilaire. Mahomes straddled the line of scrimmage. Flipped it to Edwards Hilaire for the score. <laughs> Stop it. You're not allowed to play football at this level and toy with the guys on the other team. That was Mike Trico and Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. No more winless teams. Remember that great Broncos defense that showed up on Sunday night against the 49ers? They forgot to bring it to Vegas or they were hungover, whatever it was. The Raiders rushed for 212 yards. Josh Jacobs, 144 and two touchdowns, 32-22 over Rush. Devontae Adams, 9 for 101. Denver falls to 202. This is the play that changed the game. First and 10, Melvin Gordon. Oh, he fumbled again. He fumbled again. Robertson's got it. And he's got an entourage by midfield. Got it blocked by Hobbs. That is the great Kevin Harlan, my favorite. Don't tell Papa that. And the uh, Raiders get off the schneid. The Bills came back from 20-7 to 7 in the rain on the legs of Josh Allen. I hold my breath that a Trey Lance moment isn't coming. He rushed for 70 and a score, and they came back on the Ravens. Take the run. Allen circles. Sideline. Allen is in. Touchdown. Buffalo. Josh Allen completely focused on the end zone. And it Give it up to Robert Sala, the former defensive coordinator of the 49ers. They won at Pittsburgh. Zach Wilson cashed in on a Jets interception for a late score. Our first quarterback benching of the season. That's actually why I bring this game up. Mitch Trubisky out. No shocker. Kenny Pickett, their first rounder out of Pitt. So he stays home. He scored two touchdowns on the ground and lost. I told you don't sleep on the Falcons. 202 rushing yards and a win at Cleveland in a week. NFC South, they could make a playoff push. The 49ers will see them October 16th in Atlanta. Next week's opponent, the Carolina Panthers, will be vying for the first overall pick in the 2023 draft. Arizona beat Carolina 26-16, and Baker is already at it. Obviously, I'm frustrated with the fact that we're 1-3. Um, I mean, that's, that's it, though. Hey, we're four weeks into the year. You know, we can 
sit here and let you guys pile on us or we're going to come together as a locker room. That's exactly how we're going to handle it. I don't really care about the fact that our fans are booing or what's going on. We're going to figure it out. And when we win, it'll still be just us in the locker room. Wonderful. Carolina is an absolute mess. And the early game, I told you, 6 a.m., you should have got up early. I told you Minnesota might be the, best, the second best team in the NFC through the first couple of weeks. Uh, they did just slide by New Orleans and uh, in London, which I'll play you for a highlight in a second, or play a highlight for you in a second. Slid by Detroit, beat the Packers 23-7 in the opener. And Justin Jefferson was absolutely great. 10 for 147 through the air, and he ran for the game-winning score. Jefferson on oh, the end the round, and he will walk in. Vikings beat the Saints 28-25. They had a double doink, did the Saints, or else they could have tied that thing up. We would have had extra football. And that is your two-minute drill, NFL in two minutes. At least it's not NFL in 90 seconds or more because it always takes too long. There's an NFL recap, whatever you want to call it. It's time for One for the Road. do this but I'm going to fast forward to Monday night show me something Jimmy Garoppolo and he did show us all something there was a controversy this week about what he may or may not have said after the interception late in the game lip readers have come to the consensus that he was saying to Kyle Shanahan the coach of the 49ers all your plays suck man Shanahan was asked about it yesterday and he said on one hand I haven't seen it and I don't plan to watch it and then on the other hand I don't think he said that well how do you know if you didn't watch it yourself. Regardless, there's a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. We were reminded repeatedly on Sunday night. Why, there it is. All your plays suck, man. When, maybe. I don't know. Lip reading. Is that really where we are? I'm not get off your lawn guy. I love fun stories. I love funny stories. I love insightful stories. I love reading it. I love seeing it. I love the sound. I, I do like we, where we are as a media, but this is where I draw the line. We're lip reading, to, we're lip reading when the offense is as frustrating as they were in the loss to Denver. I'd be upset with Jimmy if he didn't say all the plays sucked. I would, I'd be upset with Jimmy if he wasn't fighting with Kyle Shanahan. In that very same week, Patrick Mahomes, and he lost to the Colts at halftime, he wanted to go for some points. Andy Reid wanted to play the half out, and Mahomes ran over to Andy Reid and ran over to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, really, and then Andy Reid intervened. That's how it went down. But he ran over to Eric Bieniemy, and they were having it out. Well, that's what happens. Have you ever been competitive in anything in your life? Look, I'm one of the most unathletic people you could ever see in your entire life, but I get it. I've been in the heat of battle. Maybe it was like dodgeball or something, but I get it. If there's no passion in something, it's over. That was my first marriage. If you're fighting and there's passion and you're fighting for something, you care. Both sides were fighting for something. Kyle's frustrated. Jimmy's frustrated. Do you think it's kumbaya all season long? As good as the defense, as well as the defense for the 49ers was playing, you don't think they have some knockdown down drag-outs either in front of the camera that you missed or behind the scenes? And they're the best defense in the NFL right now. They're not, it's not kumbaya all the time. Why is this a story? We're lip-reading. Kyle Shanahan was asked about lip-reading. Jimmy Garoppolo was asked about lip-reading. That was Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk talking about lip-reading. It's passion. It's want-to. It's energy. 
It's competitiveness. That's what you want out of your team. And the minute your team doesn't have it, that's when a team's given up on the season. You've seen that a ton of times. A team that always loses, the Lions, you look at the Panthers this year, they're already fr- there's a big difference between a team that is frustrated and is going to lose because of it and a team that is passionate because they want to get better. The 49ers are passionate because they want to get better. And we're talking about lip reading. We're talking about practice. No, we're talking about lip reading. People are asking questions about lip reading. And Kyle Shanahan got frustrated about it this week. And some people said he could have handled it better. I can't. If I got asked a question about whether my quarterback was saying my plays sucked, we scored 10 points. My plays did suck. The Broncos just got scored 32 by the Raiders, scored on 32 points by the Raiders. We scored 10. We're averaging 15.7 points per game. Hell yeah, I'm pissed. Look, I'm not a professional lip reader. The only one I can do is when there's an F involved in it, I'm all for fun stories, legit stories, silly stories, but it's embarrassing. And no wonder these athletes and coaches think we're a bunch of dopes. Lip reading, really? And that's one for the road. And that is Unleashed with me, John Lund, episode 15, Monday, October 3rd. 2022. Remember, listen daily. We drop it each morning. Subscribe, interact, tell all your friends. At John Lund Radio, we drop the mailbag tomorrow, but your comments, questions, attaboys, you suck, lip reading, always welcome at John Lund Radio. Listen to my radio show weekdays 10 to 2 on KNBR, the Sports Center, KNBR.com, or KNBR 680 in the Bay Area. Pre-half and post on the 49ers Radio Network tonight. YouTube channel's on the way. We'll be better tomorrow. It's Unleashed for Monday, October 3rd, 2022, episode 15 on the Locked On Podcast Network.